Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Defining Truth, Episode 8. We have some interesting stuff to talk about today. Lots going on in the news. But most of all, we're going to talk about breaking news. Uh, former CIA chief talking about the Biden administration being involved in covering up the Hunter laptop story. We'll get more into that. And then we're going to talk about what Joe Biden is doing via socialism to make you pay more money for your house. Brandon, want to walk us through those points? Yeah, well, first, let's introduce a guest of the pod today, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Jeff is a uh, former pastor and uh, now business owner, right? Correct. Former pastor. I was pastor for about 10 years and now own a business doing transportation logistics. The supply chain. So important. Well, thanks for being on, Jeff. You and I have known each other for a long time. Um, we're going to talk, and then you can chime in, and I'd like to have the American perspective on the topics here, so glad to have you. And you can feel free to chime in whenever, whenever you want as we converse like men. Sounds good. Thanks for having Perfect. me. I appreciate so, it. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into uh, how the U.S. is going to start <clears throat> subsidizing high-risk homebuyers at the cost of those with good credit. It's uh, this week's dose of equity and socialism. So it, it's gone unnoticed so far, but it's a revamp of the federal rules on mortgage fees, which will offer discounted rates for home buyers with riskier credit backgrounds and force higher credit, more qualified home buyers to foot the bill. What this is going to do is it's going to take people with 620 or lower FICO scores. They'll get a 1.75% fee discount, while someone with a higher 740 range FICO score would only get a 1% discount. Under these new rules, high credit buyers with scores ranging from 680 to ab- above 780 will see a spike in their mortgage costs with applicants who place, this is the part that really doesn't make sense, applicants who place 15% to 20% down will experience the highest increase in fees. One former Obama housing official is calling out the <coughs> unprecedented move, arguing that this is not the way to bring in more home buyers. Uh, yeah, that's a former Obama official saying that. I mean, to be clear, what they're doing is if you've worked really hard and you've raised your credit score by making wise decisions, paying your bills, being fiscally responsible, you are now going to be punished because they're going to redistribute the wealth to high-risk uh, folks looking for loans. So in other terms, people who have made really bad financial decisions – are going to benefit now from you because your extra is going to chip in and help them pay for their mortgage. Um, you couldn't have a clearer example of socialism in economics. Uh, by the way, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are going to enact these changes to fees known as loan-level price adjustments, LLPAs, on May 1st. And it will affect mortgages originating from private banks nationwide, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Chase, effectively tweaking the interest rates paid by the vast majority of home buyers. Uh, the result, this is from the New York Post, according to industry pros, pricier monthly mortgage payments for most home buyers. It's an ugly surprise, the Post says, for those who worked for years to build their credit only to face higher cost than they expected as part of a housing affordability push, a.k.a. socialism, by the U.S. Federal Housing Finance Agency. We have a... We have a clip to play about this. Yeah, and while I'm teeing that up, I, this is just so frustrating as somebody who's 
coming up on two years of yeah. home ownership. My wife and I worked so hard to qualify to buy a home, like many Americans. It, it, it was a very tedious process. Uh, there's a lot of things that you have to go through now um, post-financial crisis of 2008. And this is almost going right back to uh, what caused that, which is basically allowing people to buy homes who don't qualify to buy a home or can't qualify to buy a home. We're going to give them those loans anyways. And I guess instead of crashing the economy like like we did in 2008, we're just going to foot the bill to, to people who can't afford it. It's just super frustrating. Well, it's like we talked about before, and Jeff, i let you chime in on this in a minute. At the heart of this issue is the way that they view human beings. Yeah. Okay, wh what I mean by that, we, we talked about this with the gun violence issue, right? Where it's a constant shift of the narrative away from personal responsibility onto inanimate objects. And at the core of that is this intrinsic belief that, you know, it's this evolutionary biological driven concept that nothing happens before you die, nothing happens after you die, you're just an evolved animal. And so they're always looking to fix inanimate objects or outside contributing factors instead of holding people accountable because they don't believe in accountability. They don't think that we'll be held accountable for the decisions we make beyond this life. And they, that, that mindset has infiltrated our entire society. If you've given up on the fact that individuals are responsible, that life has value, I mean, literally this plays into every single issue on the left. It plays into the pro-life issue. It plays into the crime and violence, right? Instead of going after criminals, we, we just reduce crime uh, penalties. Instead of going after people and mental health and, and uh, murderers, we try to take everyone's guns away. And here in this case, instead of trying to teach good fiscal responsibility, we're just going to steal from people who've done well and give it to people who haven't. It's, it's, it's insane. I don't even understand, even if you're not a Christian, I don't understand the level of stupidity it takes to accept this socialist garbage. I don't know. Jeff, what do you, what do you think about that? It's, it's wild because I think <clears throat> when you look at, I don't know what the like five major tiers that they look at when they try to establish credit, but it's things like the amount of ex, uh, extended credit to the individual your ability to pay on time of the credit that's been extended to you, how much of it are you utilizing and whatever. There's yeah. probably more that I'm not mentioning, but these are the ways that we've traditionally looked at credit and basically said, like you just mentioned, Josiah, there's fiscal responsibility. There's a proven track record of financial stability, good decision-making, and you're not over leveraging yourself. And you would think that we would learn from our past mistakes as Americans to not trust these institutions to loan to us, and when really we know that we can't afford it. This is how we got ourselves into major crisis before. But I think on a bigger level, it also shows the lack of pragmatism with the socialist agenda. It doesn't work. And so when it doesn't work, they've got to prop it up with some other structure in place to make it work. Here in California, you've got this California dream for all or whatever it's considered. Ironically, I don't think it's a, a dream for all anymore because I think it's been fully uh, utilize money where they're giving you a percentage of equity that you're signing up for at the beginning of the mortgage to give up uh, from the onset, the amount that you're going to acquire in equity, you're releasing it. And again, these things are just proof of socialism not working. They're proof of having to prop up with government run programs, things that for the individual will help you, but in long run, it's not sustainable. These, these mortgages have creeped up to 40-year mortgages, these rates to incentivize people who have bad credit. 
saved up money and can afford something get penalized for it. And people who have lower credit, don't pay their bills on time, have no network or they've utilized all of their credit are now being rewarded. It's a system that sort of, you know, incentivizes people. We saw this with the programs that they put out during COVID where they took programs to literally incentivize people not to work. They paid people yeah. to stay home. Yeah. They took government money and gave it to people to do nothing. And this is sort of a, another form where there is a lack of pragmatic approach to it, where they have to prop it up with government funding. It's going to weaken the well, U.S. dollar. Yeah. Yep. Well, and as we, we, we talked about earlier this week, we, we, we now know that they know exactly what they're doing. It's not an mm-hmm. accident. They are weakening the U.S. dollar. They are weakening the U.S. economy. You know, there was a there's a very interesting uh, interview. I think I was telling you or, or Brandon about it. Um, between uh, I want to I don't want to mess up his name. Vivek Ramaswamy, who's recently announced that you know he's going to run for president, um, and he uh, has a sit down talk about the economy with Ben Shapiro, and he talks about the sort of um, at, at the BlackRock level, right, in the energy sector, for example, how what, what is detrimental to the U.S. economy, uh, even though BlackRock may um, lose or be impacted at some level here in the West, they actually benefit in BlackRock's Chinese um, economy. And so they don't really care because for them it's all about redistribution of wealth. They benefit no matter what, right? So you, we're in a minute after this segment, we're going to get into uh, Hunter Biden and the Biden's family involvement with with China and Ukraine, and you see the same thing. It's like they don't care if Americans suffer because their whole mantra on the left is globalist. It's it's all about redistribution and the centralization of power. Now, that's the part that they don't often talk about. They'll readily admit, oh, yeah, we want to redistribute wealth because, you know, we want to take care of people. It's all self-aggrandizing lies. But what they what they aren't so quick to admit is that every single place on earth where socialism has been implemented has led to the centralization of power for only a few individuals and, let's not forget, mass human suffering of the kind the world has never known prior to all of this nonsense. And we often uh, recollect that in the 21st century alone, more people died than the previous 19th centuries combined. Now, that was not because of religion. That was because of secular humanist decisions like this one right here. You know, a good way, whenever we talk about the cost of buying a home. Uh, I always refer to a study by Point Loma Nazarene back in, I, th- I think it was 2015 or 2016. They did a study that 40% of the cost of buying a home in California is wrapped up in government regulation. So you want to talk about pricing people into homes? Cut the government regulation. Yeah. You're talking about a 40%. That's almost half of the cost of building a home in California is, is wrapped up in, in, in government nonsense. Um, so that's somewhere that, that we could start, but let's, let's roll this video real quick that we wanted to show uh, that talks about this, this Biden administration mortgage rate change. They're calling it socialism for home buyers. Think of the electric vehicle push in that it's a direct attempt to inject socialism into the economy. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. the federal government deliberately interfering with the market in order to force the market to act according to its whims instead of just a lot they want to buy, which kind of car or who gets mortgages, who is eligible, right? These are things that the government should not have control yeah. over. The yeah, banks I mean, should or the market on, should. The right? market. It's really the, the crux of it is 
this is America versus our ideological opponents around the world. And as we often say, the Democrats have fully adopted America's enemies ideology in contrast to Western civilization and American values, which are free market, individual value, individual responsibility, um, the list goes on and on. And, and that's, she, she hit the nail on the head there. This is none of the government's business. What, what business is it of the government to take your money or in this case, right, see, they're, they're very conniving on the way they do this. Instead of calling it a tax or, uh, you know, taking cash, it's really a redistribution of, of a benefit, right? Like a higher credit score is a benefit of you. A discount because of a higher credit score is a benefit. But again, to them, it's all the same. It's like, well, we're going to reap your benefit and we're going to give it to somebody else. Um, the government has no business doing that. In fact, every time... In world history, when governments start doing this, they cause wars. We saw that. I mean, look at look at the very inception of our own nation here. Uh, at the heart of it, although there were many issues, one of them was taxation without representation. Yep. It was it was the the king of England saying, "I'm going to take value, assets, and money away from you and do with it as I please, regardless of what you think." This is no different, and this is what happens, though. And, uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll bring it home because at Defining Truth, this is really our point. This is what happens when good people stand idly by and do nothing. And I'm looking at the church in America specifically. I'm telling you, all these Christians for years and years who have said, we don't want to talk about politics. We just want to tell people Jesus loves them. It's like, well, it's not very loving to usher your country into an oppressive regime, is it? It's not very loving to support socialism, which ends up in massive human suffering. There's nothing loving about that. In fact, as we repeatedly try to convey, to really love someone, you have to tell them the truth. And right now, what we have is the product of years and years of hard work by those on the left, these Marxist ideologies. They planted seeds in every institution in this country, and those seeds are now growing and bearing fruit. So we see this woke mental illness going into the the uh, criminal uh, world, right? In legal world, we see this woke mental illness going into the economic world. We see it in every facet of American society. And Joe Biden's a perfect example of uh, what they want. I mean, he's clearly not coherent. I mean, anyone with eyeballs can see that Joe Biden is not really all there. He doesn't know what's going on in the world. You know, I know he likes ice cream and he has a hard time <coughs> riding a bike. The truth is we're the laughing stock of the whole world right now. That's exactly what they want. Because all of these woke clowns get to play around. They're literally just playing games with our country. And they're, they're using it as a test tube, right? They're testing socialism in economics, socialism in education, socialism in foreign policy. Talk about the biggest disaster, which, by the way, is going to segue right into what we're going to talk about next. But, yeah, vote accordingly is I, I could end on that topic. If you don't think politics matters, it does, because eventually, no matter how long you hide your head in the sand, it's going to hit you somewhere. It's going to hit you somewhere. Spot on. I think so we're going to move in. Oh, did you have something, Jeff? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say real quick, I think what's wild about, uh, you know, this clip that we just watched is it's, it's difficult, uh, you know, from a, a really simple standpoint to maybe look at what's going on and try and identify uh, what's happening kind of behind the scenes. But these are people that come from Ivy League schools from the highest degrees of education exactly. who are putting these types of programs through. And you've got to wonder what's going on when somebody with that amount of financial literacy 
has a full knowledge of what they're doing and how crippling it will be to a U.S. economy and very willingly and purposely go down a road where they're going to collapse the dollar, they're going to hurt the individual, they're going to hurt the taxpayer, and this is not going to last uh, for any real length of time other than, again, it being a socialist program that allows them to prop it up. And to Josiah's yeah. point about the Christian church not identifying how politics relates to our Christianity and why you should vote for these things, maybe the most common mantra amongst Christians would be on issues of abortion or gay rights issues or these types of issues. And, and we're well within our right to speak to those issues and try and identify those as political issues. But it's not like a, a housing crisis doesn't have impact. It's not like a financial program won't affect these things. Josiah and I have talked about this a lot, but it's wild having a church background where we would take trips to foreign countries where you would go to Haiti. I've been to Brazil. I've been to many countries where you see a massive dichotomy of the richest of rich and the poorest of poor. There is no middle class, and there is a massive distinction in the type of life that people live when they live under this type of government control. When you go there as a Christian to share the gospel, you are the freest to share the gospel in countries that implore these biblical values that America modeled its, uh, its government and its founding documents upon. We right. go to these other countries because they don't have a constitution. They don't have freedom of speech. They don't have the things that we have as Americans the freest society for the gospel to be preached is a society that you know, uh, supports and uh, constantly produces viable programs, even from a financial level, to allow people to have autonomy as individuals. It has a direct correlation with our ability to share the gospel. The underground Absolutely. church in China yep. was smuggling Bibles. We as Christians smuggled Bibles into past their borders for years because they were oppressed under a communist regime where the government took total control, even to the level of what they could do within the church. And it is a direct correlation when you see these programs coming. Back to what I started with, these are Ivy League schools with wonderfully educated people. They know exactly what they're doing and you have yeah. to decide. It's either pure evil or we as Americans have to wake up to what's going on and stop these things from happening so that the gospel can be preached and we can be the freest society, but the church has to wake up. Yeah, we, we, we often said that even during the Obama administration, who, who personally was responsible for probably the greatest and fastest changes in recent history. I mean, he did more damage to the country than, than any president in, in our lifetime um, with the introduction of this Marxist ideology into the nation. Uh, but you're 100% right, and dur even during that time, we used to say, you know, these are guys with two Ivy League school degrees. They're not dumb. Yeah. They know what they're doing. But remember, Stalin said that there was these useful idiots in the West, right, that, mm -hmm. that uh, fully propagated his ideology without really understanding what they were doing. And so in the eyes of the Democrats today, it's the American people are the useful idiots, right? They lie to minorities. They, they lie to uh, certain interest groups that they think beneficial to their politics, like those in the LGBTQ um, you know, uh, area. They, they lie to all these individuals and keep them separated and all this infighting. They, they want that because, like you're saying, those at the top with all the degrees and intelligence, they're not dumb. They know exactly what they're doing, but they know that in order to press Marxism and socialism in a place like the United States, which is unique, 
you have to do it the way that they're doing. It has to be through subversion because no one is going to flat out come out. Now, we say they won't flat out say it. That is changing now. They're you know? starting to now. They're starting yeah. to say it now. Um, you know who has a great uh, perspective? And to bring it back to Christians real quick before we move on, um, uh, we often hear from Christians, you know, like they'll quote, they'll misquote, you know, Jesus talking uh, to the Pharisees saying, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's or whatever. And I, I, I love when someone brings that up because it's an easy way to debunk this, okay? Um, we, are, we are more akin to Old Testament Israel than we are to, uh, you know, Israel under Roman rule. We are a nation established as a constitutional republic. We don't have a king, right? A great outlook on this, a guy who, who we know, Jeff, we've seen several times, William Federer, has a book called Who is the King in America and Who are the Counselors to the King? It's an overview of 6,000 years of history and why America is unique. And basically, to, to summarize, I suggest you go read the book. But to summarize, in America, there is no king. So when the church says, I don't want to be involved in politics, it's like, you are the politics. You mm -hmm. are the king. We are, uh, we're derived from a Greek concept of co-ruling as citizens. So all the evil perpetrated by government officials and those that have been elected, really, when we want to talk about accountability to the Christian, I would say, that's on you. You're accountable for it because you either by not voting, you've contributed to that evil, or by voting. So by one of the two, you're involved. In America, as a republic, you don't get to escape it because you have positive control over what happens. And I, and I love it's, – it's, it's so shameful when Christians in this country talk about not being involved in politics because do you think for a minute that the Christians who are persecuted in China or in North Korea who are giving their lives for the gospel, if they have the chance to vote, wouldn't save their children and their families – that they wouldn't vote for the freedom to share the gospel with people? I mean, it's how about a personal story? My, my dad, um, you know, for those who are listening, you may not know, I grew up on the mission field, mostly in Mexico, later in Ecuador. Uh, my dad traveled all over the world, as we all did. And um, he, he made several trips to Cuba when it was still completely barred, right? Uh, communist, and uh, a lot of people were suffering there. We have a close friend, Pastor Jose, who did five years in a Cuban prison for having too many people at his house for a Bible study. And I believe by too many people, that was over 10. You know what happened? He was snitched out by his neighbors mm -hmm. because the government was rewarding Cuban nationals with food for turning in their neighbors who would dare to have a Bible study and talk about Christian values. And you know what the core of that is from speaking to communist members in Cuba? The core of that, it's not that they care about religious freedom because they'll talk about Catholicism all day. They have a problem with Christianity because Christianity at, at its core is the heart of Western civilization. It is a direct challenge to the power of communism. See, it, the, the, the religion of the left right now is to deify the state, and therefore Christians are an obstacle and an enemy to them. The church needs to wake up and uh, get on track with this. Anyways, let's move on because we got a we got a next section to cover, which is really fascinating news today. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the uh, Biden campaign and Blinken, uh, who orchestrated an intel letter to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop story, according to an ex CIA officials ex CIA official. Uh, Fifty one former intelligence officials signed a letter in October 2020 saying stories about Hunter Biden's laptop were Russian disinformation. If you don't remember what we're talking about, this all refers to October 
of 2020, weeks before the presidential election, there were uh, dozens of ex-national security officials who signed a, onto a letter <coughs> claiming that Hunter's laptop had, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation operation, unquote. Uh, now a former CIA official is testifying that Secretary of State and then senior advisor to the Biden campaign played a key role in the creation of the public statement signed by the 51 uh, officials that uh, claimed that this was Russian disinformation. And now the House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and House Intel Committee Chairman Mike Turner uh, have sent a letter to Blinken on Thursday notifying him that they're conducting a federal oversight investigation. The reason this is such big news is because it's slowly progressed to, to be, it's like, and now, and now. It's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So what started as just the laptop story, right? And, and, and uh, it was Hunter, who's this like coke addicted, you know, um, hooker buying son of Joe Biden, who's involved in all kinds of shady criminal financial stuff. Um, somehow his laptop ends up at this repair shop, right? And on it contains, uh, it, 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 it has just all of this telling information about the Biden family and Hunter's activity and whatnot. And originally they tried to cover it up. Everyone did. Mainstream media lied about it. Um, the administration lied about it. Of course, the Bidens lied about it. And just one thing after another has come out to prove the veracity of this laptop that A, it was his. That was the big challenge at first, and, but, but it is now, right? And by the way, the, originally the New York Post broke this story and most of the mainstream media like shunned them, called it, you know, they fact-checked it, they called it lies, et cetera. But, but here's the heart of the issue, that the, the new news as of this week is that now the, the former CIA deputy director, Michael Morell, had to go and testify before the House Judiciary Committee and the House Intelligence Committee as to why he worked with the now Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, to craft a letter, which they knew was a lie, and get 51 former intelligence agents on board to sign this letter that says that the laptop wasn't real. It was a Russian disinformation campaign. That's the news coming out now, and the, the news in that story is that it was a lie, that the laptop is real, and we're going to get into it in a minute. Did you have something else to go into before we jump into the story? Yeah, we have a quick video real quick that I'm going to go ahead and tee up. Okay. Yeah, this is... Uh, Take a look at this video. This is just astounding news. And we're going to go into why this is so important, because some of these headlines, you know, just may go over people's heads, but we're going to break it down for you. This is a bombshell story, and I think the ramifications are going to be playing out the weeks and the months ahead. What makes this so extraordinary and, frankly, confirms a lot of our worst fears that there were kind of, you know, political skullduggery going on behind the scenes at DOJ and the IRS is that this is a career whistleblower. This is a career law enforcement official at the IRS who says that there were political considerations, there was a cover-up, there was false testimony in connection with Hunter Biden's tax returns and the investigation and that he has documentation to back all of it up. Yeah, so what Tom just said, Sam, the White House, by the way, is insisting there was no, quote, political interference because there's more, even more evidence of obstruction. House <clears throat> GOP accuses President Biden of changing the rules on the Treasury releasing suspicious activity reports to Congress for its oversight duty, Sam, on the Biden family deal-making overseas. Yeah, I think, you know, th this has the potential, as Tom said, to be a bombshell. And I think to your to your specific in, uh, point on 
the Biden administration responds, you know, I think the devil's going to be in the details because I think the Biden administration's position is, well, you know, we never told them not to prosecute, but there's so many different ways that you can influence a prosecution. Think back to Hillary Clinton. They couldn't use uh, compulsory process. They couldn't use other right. methods to get testimony. So, so here's the gist, right? This is the power of now the State Department, the executive branch under the Bidens, and the intelligence community combining together to lie to the American people. You might say, well, what do you mean lie to the American people, right? Aren't they just going after Hunter? And this story is way bigger than Hunter, all right? The Biden campaign and the current Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, I don't know why he spells his name Antony. It bugs me every time I say it. Like, it should be Anthony, right? I don't know <laughs> what an Antony is. I'm sorry if your name is Antony out there. No offense. Biden and Blinken orchestrate this intel letter to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop, laptop story, according to uh, CIA director, uh, deputy director. Now, why, is this, why does this matter? Because this all happened as Joe Biden was running for president. Okay, so let me read you this uh, quote here from Fox. So a former CIA official testified that then Biden campaign senior advisor, now Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, played a role in the inception. It's another way of saying he started this idea of the public statement signed by current and past <clears throat> intelligent officials that claimed the Hunter Biden laptop was part of a Russian disinformation campaign. I mean, legit, these people have nothing else to say. The, how many times do they blame the Russians for uh, skeevy Marxist garbage the Democrats are doing? 51 former Intel officials signed this letter, okay? While they have a right to free speech, no doubt, they used the authority garnered during their sacred trusted service to lie to the American people. Why? Because they wanted Joe Biden to win. In his own words, his former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morell testified when called before the House Judiciary Committee and the House Intelligence Committee, led by Republicans, and he said this, and I quote, there were two intents. One intent was to share our concern with the American people that the Russians were playing on this issue, sure. And two, which we now know is a lie, that's why it's big news this week, and two, he said, it was to help Vice President Biden. Someone on the committee then asks him, Mr. Morell, why did you want to help Biden? And he said, and I quote, because I wanted him to win the election. Okay, let's just stop and think about this for a minute. Now, last week we covered the VP of communications from Budweiser, right? And how this lady brought this woke mental ill agenda into a company, which has now cost them $6 billion in, in shareholder value loss. This is, this is exactly what's happening in America's bureaucracies as well. So you have people who have bought in. They're the useful idiots that, that our enemies talk about, right? They buy into this Marxist anti-God nonsense. And they take that stupidity and they move into positions, very, very important positions in our country. Positions like the intelligence community, which, which is very important and has to do with national security. But they're so broken because of their woke Democrat nonsense, that they believe that their purpose in life is to propagate the party's agenda. Now we've seen this over and over and over again. 
And so when Antony Blinken then on the campaign with Biden, right, they get this information. And we're going to go into how bad this really is. This is not just a laptop, guys. They get this information and they panic, right? The administration, Joe Biden, I'm sure anybody else who was aware, James Biden, his brother, as we found out later, is, is more involved than people think. They go, oh, no. Crackhead Hunter left his laptop at a repair shop, and it has all kinds of sensitive national information on it. So they go to the former direct deputy director of the CIA, and they say, hey, Mike, help us get a bunch of people together and write a letter that says we can blame it on the Russians. And what does the former CIA deputy director Michael Morell do? He says, yeah. And when the Intelligence Committee recently asked him why he did that, his answer was, because I wanted to help Biden win the election. So what you have here is clear lying, collusion amongst Marxists in our government to stop the American people from knowing something very, very important, that the soon-to-be president of the United States was in bed with not only the Ukrainians, and at a corrupt level, but with the Chinese Communist Party. And they knew that. And so they purposely lied about it, and they drafted this letter to convince people that it was a lie. And the mainstream media gobbled it up. I mean, they discredited the New York Times. They called it fear-mongering. I, I, I will point out later about how the media reacted. But uh, still to this day, if you Google it, you'll find uh, false information about this story. So what does this all mean? What's the translation? Well, the Biden campaign wrote a letter to cover up, also known as lying, the fact that Hunter Biden is, is committing financial crimes, those of which his father, Joe Biden, is deeply involved in, and that the Bidens are deeply corrupt <coughs> and in bed with China and Ukraine. And then they went to their crony Marxist friends in the intelligence community, and they asked them to sign this letter. I'll explain why that's important in a minute. Stating that the entire story was Russian disinformation, like they don't have any other excuses anymore. Now, why is it important that they went to the intelligence community? Because these are people that we're supposed to trust. If you want to know something about Russian espionage activity, who would you want verifying that information? Probably people in the CIA or the NSA or any one of the many agencies now within the IC umbrella. So they, they colluded. They lied to the American people during an election. By the way, let me just point out, these are the same Democrats which recently prosecuted an American man for a meme about Hillary Clinton, which they deemed to mislead people about her campaign. Okay, so let's look at this now. What was the laptop info that they all had to lie and cover up? Does any, you know, I, I don't know how many people out there are aware of this. So, so in summary, Joe Biden was working with the Ukrainian energy executives uh, as Hunter was acting as a middleman to keep it secret from Americans, therefore allowing foreign entities to influence American policies abroad. Here's some recent investigative reported data from a BBC article. I'm going to start with China and then go into Ukraine, all right? So concerning China, this is from the laptop. Remember the one that everybody lied about and now has been proven to be true, and now they're all panicking about it. One, the laptop contained an email from Hunter Biden in August 2017 indicating he was receiving $10 million a year from a Chinese billionaire 
for, quote, introductions alone. Now, let, let me just pause here. Do you think that anyone gives you $10 million alone without expecting anything in return? Do, do, do you think that this billionaire, by the way, we're talking about communist China. This isn't a free market. It's not America. This is communist China, the government that assigns social numbers to their citizens and monitors 100% of their life. They own everything and everyone. So when you say a Chinese billionaire owns a big firm in China, it's, it, you might as well just say the Chinese Communist Party. $10 million. You think it was an accident that they were paying the soon-to-be president's son $10 million for access to his daddy? And, and if you're listening out there and you're in the intel community still, you know darn well what this is. This is spy work 101. They worked a source. They cold approached or who knows how they originally got in bed with this guy. They're paying him money. We put a lot of people in jail for doing stuff like this. I digress. $10 million from a Chinese billionaire for introductions. The laptop is now revealed. Two, another email from Hunter involving China's largest private energy firm. It is said to include a cryptic mention of the 10 held by H Hunter for the big guy which we heard, you may have heard about on the news previously. Fox News said they have a source verifying the big guy in the perverted email was a reference to Joe Biden, as we all know. In addition, now a former business associate of Hunter Biden has come forward to say he can confirm the allegations, reference the business with the energy firm, and that the big guy was, in fact, Joe Biden. Okay, so you have... Two instances, two different entities, but it gets worse. When Biden was in office, because some people would say, oh, well, that was before he was the president. When Biden was in office, Hunter, for no apparent reason, involving U.S. interests, gets on Air Force Two with his daddy, the vice president under Obama, and flies to Beijing for an official state visit. This is cracked out hooker in the hotel, Hunter, okay, who is flying on Air Force Two to Beijing. And he's there, and he meets with a Chinese investment banker named Jonathan Lee. Remember that name. The New Yorker, when he comes back, asks Hunter, what was your meeting about with Mr. Lee? Hunter says, oh, we're just meeting for coffee. We're just friends. Come on. Come on, guys. Twelve days after that meeting, twelve days after he met for coffee, maybe some ice cream, the Chinese Communist Party government approved a private equity fund, BHR Partners. An equity fund is a you know, pooled fund where advisors uh, can make investments on behalf of the investors, ideally for large financial gains. Okay? When BHR, approved by the Communist Party, was formed, guess who's involved? The CEO is none other than Mr. Jonathan Lee. And guess who's a board member with a 10% stake in the company? Yours truly, Hunter Biden. BHR is backed, by the way, by some of China's largest state banks and Chinese local governments. So, I mean, and I'm only saying that to prove to you here that this is clearly a Chinese intelligence operation, right? Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy. Uh, was it Pelosi's driver was a Chinese spy? Like, when, when were Americans going to wake up and realize that we have global opponents? There are other countries that don't eat rainbows for breakfast. I know that's hard for the Democrats to understand. 
but they are they are in opposition to U.S. interest around the world, and nothing benefits them more than for their intelligence agencies to gain access and placement inside U.S. foreign policy groups. What greater achievement for an intelligence officer than to get the president's son? And it's a long game. They've been working Hunter for a long time, right? Now, that's China, and I'm sure we're going to find out a lot more about that. But let's take a look at what was on the laptop concerning Ukraine. Hunter was a board member. Again, cracked out Hunter is, is on these boards, right, without any qualifications other than placement and access. Let's just pause and say, all of us know it goes without saying. Many board positions are given for their influence, right? Retired U.S. military generals will get placed on the board of a company who's looking to get defense contracts. Why? Because obviously those relationships are valuable. They're useful, right? Why would the cracked out Hunter Biden get a placement on a board in China or Ukraine? Probably because his dad's the president of the United States. Now, to be fair, this happened before he was the president, but the Bidens have been deep in politics for many, many years. Placement and access, guys. It's an intel op. So he was a board member for Burisma, a Ukrainian energy firm, while his father was the point man on U.S.-Ukrainian relations. Bet you, bet you uh, a lot of people didn't know that. Emails show that an advisor to Burisma, the Ukrainian company, energy company, a man named Vadim Pozarsky, thanked Hunter for bringing him to D.C. to meet his dad, Joe Biden. This is on the laptop as well. By the way, when they questioned Biden about this meeting and his staff and why it did not appear on his official schedule, the Biden campaign said, we acknowledge, I'm going to read this quote, we acknowledge that Mr. Biden could have had an informal interaction with the Burisma advisor that did not appear on his official schedule, though it said any such encounter would have been cursory, a.k.a. it's no big deal. No big deal. Look the other way, everybody. We're doing business with the communists. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Also on the laptop, too. In 2016, Joe Biden called for the dismissal of Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin. Some of you will remember that, right? Because he got on the phone and he goes, I'm not going to give you a billion dollars unless you fire this guy. Viktor Shokin was a Ukrainian prosecutor whose office was investigating Burisma, where Hunter worked, and a bunch of other companies under investigation. Biden said he would withhold $1 billion U.S. taxpayer dollars unless they fired Shokin, who was investigating political corruption in the country, including that which his own son, Hunter, was involved in. All right, this is a lot of information here, okay? But, but why does it matter? And then I'm going to open it up. Jeff, I, I'm sure you have something to say. Because this matters because it prevented American citizens from making a fully informed decision about the 2020 presidential election about a potential president who was, and most likely still is, deeply tied to the Chinese Communist Party, Ukraine, and deeply involved in using his political positions to commit criminal activity. They are dirtbags, and everyone knows it. Everyone in D.C. knows it. Everyone in the swamp knows it. And what does the U.S. media have to say about this? Basically nothing. They immediately tried to snuff the story out, right? Because they're all commies. They're like the VP from Budweiser. Their woke agenda is to spread equity and lies and communism to the world. So they don't see things for truth. They don't, they don't accurately report things. They're not real journalists. 
They're propaganda chiefs for the party. Just this month, after all of this came to light, and we know the truth now about the laptop and their involvement, all this stuff, we know they lied. We know the letter was drummed up by Biden. We know Hunter is committing criminal activity. All of this. And deep down in this Time article dated April 18th, that's three days ago, this is what Time magazine said. Uh, some former U.S. intelligence officials, while out of the government, so, you know, it's all good, they wrote an open letter weeks before the election saying that published information allegedly from one of, allegedly, it's not allegedly anymore, from Hunter Biden's laptops bore the classic earmarks of Russian information campaign. They're still repeating the lie. Even though we know it's not true, time is still telling people they're lying to people. And then at the very end, right, they begrudgingly have to squeak this out. They said, some of the data and emails attributed to the laptop have since been authenticated. Oh, I bet you that hurt them to write that line. And they follow it by saying authenticated by CBS News, The Washington Post, and The New York Times, and Hillary, and the entire world, and the intelligence community. That's hidden in the article, by the way. And lastly, before I break off, the number one result in Google, if you Google what did Biden tell the Ukrainian prosecutor on this particular topic, you know what the number one thing that pops up on the website is? or on your search page, factcheck.org hit piece on Donald Trump from the year 2020. <laughs> like, they don't have enough information to update it now. It's an article full of all the lies, which the entire world knows now to be lies, still writing the top of the Google search page. We are at, we are, we are at war, I'm telling you right now. It's not kinetic. Uh, uh, for my civilian friends, I mean, this is an ideological and a psychological war right now. It's what we call a cold war. Our enemies, enemies of the United States, have fully infiltrated and, and, and um, taken over the Democrat Party. Or you could say the Democrats fully adopted our enemies' ideology, willingly. And um, it's not just politicians. It's the media. It's tech companies, as we've seen. Twitter files, we could do a whole episode on alone. It's academia, it's education. They are working double time. While we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine and the president's son is doing shady deals worth millions of dollars with communists in China, what, what does the government want you to focus on? Tranny strip shows for elementary school children. And the church still sleeps. All right, I'm going to take a deep breath. I know that was a long line of uh, information, but uh, Jeff, I know you got something to say on this. You know, it's it's wild the public nature of what's going on that these things are no longer hidden. This feels like almost like a James Bond movie where the bad guy has people in all places. He goes to the depths of some place in the middle of a international conspiracy, and you find out that. You know, the enemy has people everywhere. It's crazy that there are three-letter agencies openly in Facebook and Twitter. They're in, you know, these Chinese-involved items. The Trump family was given the hardest of times for Trump's family being involved in deals. Yep. And because of their incompetence and an inability, they're trafficking in a global arena that they don't belong in. And, of course... There's no real reason why they should say that, but then to think they turn a blind eye to Hunter with strippers and cocaine and a laptop. He sells art and they pretend like it's just cute little art that he sells. The, the 
openness and the bluntness and the unapologetic nature of it, I think for me is the most telling. Look, to the far left agenda, you've got to give them credit where credit's due. I think they've been wildly successful in duping the American people. They have told lies again and again and again. And if you watch mainstream media alone, you believe it. And people have taken it hook, line, and sinker, believed these lies for years. Bad orange man and the, the liberal party is here to set you free. It echoes of, I think it was Jefferson that said, a government big enough to give you everything that you want is a government big enough to take everything that you have, whatever the exact quote is. Mm. But the yeah. evil nature of what's happening is reminiscent of these warnings from founding forefathers. And to be honest, as back as far as the children of Israel saying, we want a king like the other nations. Give us a king like the other nations. And God steps in and pleads with them not to and to let him be their God. And he says, if you go down this path, here's what it will look like for you. And it speaks to taxation and the oppressive nature of a governing leadership that, that, that cares less about its people. And I think the audacious, bold, very public, unapologetic nature of these kinds of things that we see with the Biden family is proof of the progression of evil and the success of the liberal agenda, because there is no way any normal thinking person should accept this series of events. And yet it is widely accepted by the mass of public. It is unbelievable the level of deception that people accept. And again, echoes of the fact that the church has to wake up to this level of darkness and ask the question, what's the purpose? Even the, the timeline of events coming out, how the information was leaked, the palatable nature and timeline that was crafted, this is a finely tuned timeline of messaging and, and a, a set of information to make palatable to the public something that is a dark, sinister act. It is pure evil. Yeah, that is exactly, I think, you know, at the, at the heart of our mission here at Defining Truth is to clearly define reality, what truth is, because the left is just masterful at lying to people. You know, mm -hmm. you just reminded me of how, how is it that there's, there is a spiritual darkness, a blindness that causes people to fall head, headlong into these things. Reminded me this uh, today, I watched uh, KUSI News out of San Diego, played a clip of uh, this traditional field trip to Petco Park that this elementary school does, and they, they normally walk to Petco Park. This year, because of how bad things are down there, they had to have a police escort. Well, then they interview some of the parents, and they're like, it's wonderful, we think it's so safe, and literally in the background are just like tons of like drug addicts and transient camps and people walking down the street with bottles in their hands, and I'm going, what is wrong with you? You think this is a safe place to let your kid walk down? There's needles on the sidewalk. But you're right. It's almost like there's a hardening. There's a determination to fight against the truth. And it is deeply spiritual at that level, you know? It, it, it's, it's also getting to the point where, especially industry professionals, you know, I spent many years in, in government, many of those in law enforcement. And when I read this story about Hunter, it just reeks of organized crime. Uh, we've seen these people before. I've traced uh, financial stuff, used FinCEN, and chased mobsters down. We, we know how they, they do their things, right? 
you mentioned selling art. It's a classic money laundering, like hide my source of income scheme. And there isn't a single honest person in this country that can look at the Bidens and what they're doing and think that it's not criminal. But there is this, there's this, this hateful determination, like you said, right? Like you got to say no to the bad orange man. So they just knuckle down and go further into the detriment. We see that in California, right? I mean, California is a, is a disaster. They have Gavin Newsom tromping around the country, giving speeches to kindergartners in Florida, sounding like an idiot. And the state is just plummeting into crime and despotism and immorality and violence. You know, a lot of these, uh, these mobs that are going in and, and trashing stores and looting stores, it's not unique just to the Midwest and places like Chicago. There's been two recently in California, one in Roseville and one in Compton. I had a conversation earlier this week where deputies basically just had to leave. I'm talking 40, 50 teens went into a gas station and stole thousands of dollars worth of product. And the police can't do anything about it. And what else do we expect? We have the left, which takes our children for eight hours a day and feeds them a narrative, right? That their parents are stupid, outdated, Christian values are old and bigoted, that police are racist, America's racist and evil. What kind of hope are we giving these children? And, and, and on the back end, when they see this extreme spike in teen suicide over the last two years, they feed them Xanax and weed and social media and TikTok. And they're, they're plummeting people into destruction. <clears throat> to quote another founding father, right, who said, uh, dependence breeds subservience. Uh, that's what we're getting to in this country. And that's why when you mentioned you were so on point when you talked about the intellectuals at their level, they know exactly what they're doing because the ultimate goal is total dependence. Because once everybody's dependent on them, you can't say no to them anymore, right? And they're attacking that at all kinds of angles. They're going after the family unit, right? They, they want to murder babies through abortion because it destroys the familiar structure. The family unit at its core contributes so much to the individual. Jordan Peterson this week actually talked about the percentage effects on people. Children that grow up in homes without moms have all kinds of increased risk and issues. Uh, this, at the same fact, uh, one that grew up without a dad is like 15%. Um, you're going to die 15% sooner in life, so your life is shortened. So there are like physical uh, ramifications of not having a strong family unit, a mother and a father. And, and the left's attack on the family causes you to be more dependent on the government for everything. Source of uh, advice, uh, income, uh, responsibility, job, everything, right? They do the same thing with guns. They want you to be totally dependent. We don't want you to defend yourself because we don't think that human life has value. So give us all your guns. We'll do it. And as, this, as society plummets into Gotham City, it'll justify our increased control over you. Right? And, and you see that again now with uh, economics as they're redistributing the benefits of having good credit. They're, they're just big government, big government all day long. And really at the core, like you said, it's, there's a spiritual blindness there in that the religion of the left, and they are deeply religious, make no mistake, is the deification of the state. They don't believe in God, but something has to replace that void, that controlling purpose, those parameters which contain society from spilling over into chaos. And um, to do that, they make the state God. That's why people worship Kim Jong-un in North Korea, right? That's why you wouldn't speak bad about the emperor back in the day in Imperial Japan, or they'd kill you. That's why you don't talk bad about the Chinese party, or the Communist Party now, right? We didn't, we're not going to cover it today, but just this week, we had two people arrested 
in the United States for running a Chinese secret police office, going around keeping people accountable for Communist Party issues. Unbelievable. Brandon, you have any closing thoughts on that? I mean, I think you guys really wrapped it up. Uh, I think it was Jeff that mentioned earlier that they're just kind of they're just blatant about it now, and nothing is more uh, that's that's no more clear than in Morell's uh, when he testifies and says that quote yeah. there were two intents. One intent was to share a concern with the American people that the Russians were playing on this issue, and two, it was to help President Biden. And when Morell was asked why he wanted to help Biden, he straight up says because I wanted to help him win the election. This is stuff that used to happen behind closed doors and back alleys, like Jeff mentioned in, in Bond style movies. They're just they're just in your face with it now. And and I was while you were speaking, Josiah, I was thinking that uh, every week we we hit back on the same kind of uh, they have the same game plan. The left does. It doesn't matter if it's if we're talking about beer cans or mortgage rates yeah. or Hunter Biden's laptop. They're, they're coming at us from all angles, and I think it's time that people wake up yeah. uh, before it's too late. That is the call to action, and we'll say it again because it's worth saying uh, every time. You have to get involved. I if you live in the United States, especially if you're a man, uh, women should be involved too, but I'm, I'm very disappointed to see the amount of little boys in this country who are not growing up to become men and, and taking leadership roles. You, you can't rely on your wife to always defend and take care of you. Um, but both. You need to get involved. You need to run for something. You need to uh, stand against the flow. Okay, So whether that's a local school board or a county level position or um, you want to run for Congress, whatever it is, you have to get involved. Or at, at a minimum, get involved by paying attention to civics. Yeah, voting. Vote. Vote uh, appropriately. Voting and making an educated vote. Somebody mentioned earlier, uh, you know, people in North Korea would, would love the opportunity to be able to go to the polls and vote. And, and people in America, and they have for a long time, they just take it for granted. They don't even vote. And if they do vote, they're not making educated votes. Yeah. You know, I think it's uh, Bob McEwen who does a really incredible talk on cycle of nations and a historical look at uh, a common cycle, the duration of time that nations typically go through this cycle and uh, kind of identifies a nation going from freedom, uh, from slavery to freedom, uh, the success of that freedom leading to opulence and ultimately that opulence then taking sort of a downward bell curve toward uh, some complacency and apathy and ultimately it coming back to some version of slavery and if you just sat and paused and look at what's happening in America and asked, where are we on that trajectory? I think many people would agree that we are a distracted nation. Uh, we care more about um, the, the silliest of things and the most selfish of things uh, that are concerning to us. You, you have, I don't know if you guys have covered it or not, but this like ridiculous story where this kid from Starbucks complains about the busyness of his work day and he is i think sobbing and crying because <laughs> the coffee orders just keep coming through and he is incapable of handling working an eight-hour shift the level of degradation to get to that i mean we came from like not too many generations ago some of the hardest working roughest conditions 
people who bled for our country and within such a short amount of time, people got to this level where there's extreme apathy, complacency, and really in my mind, it's selfishness. It's the God of self first. They worship self and anything that inconveniences them. But I say all of this because when you mention this guy turning and saying, we did it because we wanted Biden to win. Secretly or sort of hidden behind that, what he's saying is, at the cost of anything, at the cost of the yeah. truth, at the cost of deceiving the American public, whatever progresses our agenda, we're willing to take that. And that should be concerning no matter what side of the political aisle that you're on. That is a deeply concerning thing for someone to say. You know, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys watched the clip of 50 Cent, the rapper, talking about uh, basically not having the time. Yeah. He's like, I don't have you, – you don't get offended when you're in the hood. You don't have selfish feelings. Like this guy is raised like in the hood as a gangster, and he's saying you, you don't have time to get offended, and yeah. you don't have time to let silly things bother you. And again, if you sort of look at where we're at on the trajectory of where we're, how we're doing as a nation, when you have a lot of Gen Z, Gen X type people incapable of working an eight-hour shift at a coffee shop, Somebody like 50 Cent, the, the wonderful prophet, 50 Cent showing up and speaking truth and saying, how weak is culture to be that yeah. offended at the silliest and most ridiculous of things? We have a weak culture. We have a, a culture dying. And um, I, I think, unfortunately, everybody imagines that if that cycle leads toward uh, that opulence leading toward you know complacency and laziness, leading back into some form of slavery. That is socialism. That is communism. That is America giving its freedoms over to other nations, bowing down and apologizing for being Americans. Back to Obama, he, he was able to tell people, I'm going to give you whatever you want in healthcare. It didn't happen. And people just forgot about it. Acted yeah. like he was the greatest thing that ever showed up. It shows a high level of deception. And um, I think, unfortunately, the, the evilness of, of people will see that laziness and distracted nature of the common American. And the bad guy does something about it. As Christians, we, we assume the best. We want the best. We pursue God in all things. But the reality is some of the most powerful people on the face of the planet are taking advantage of a weakened and distracted America. And it's going to be too late when America wakes up if something severe isn't done quickly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and the hope element of that is we can change, right? Uh, uh, if the churches alone would show up and vote, we would radically change the state of California overnight. Yep. You know, uh, Brandon, having a political uh, campaign background, um, understands this more than some. We, we, we look at the, uh, the voter data from, you know, even the election or when I ran for Congress. And the amount of people that do not vote, that don't even show up, is staggering. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, you're talking – Anywhere between one and two and a half percent of people—that's your voter group, right? Of an area, right, Brandon? I mean, what's what's the data there? Like in, in the district I ran, it was like almost three percent, I think, of people that showed up to vote. Uh, it's a it's a little higher than that. I mean, historically in midterm elections, it's it's a lot lower than in in presidential elections, mm. uh, just by the nature of the presidential elections getting so much attention. Uh, so twenty twenty four will have a higher turnout just by nature than than twenty twenty two. Yeah. The the big thing though about people not voting is I mean it's very easy to vote in America, right? You get you get like a free 2 hours off of work. Um 
post-COVID, it's a little harder because voting stations aren't in every precinct like they used to be. Uh, but it's still very easy to vote in America. The biggest thing is people, they, they just don't think that it matters, right? Well, does it matter when politics starts to affect your mortgage rate, right? If you're just a business person that goes to work eight hours a week and, or eight hours a day and, and wants to buy a home, well, I don't really care about, I don't have children, so I don't care about what's happening in schools. Okay, well, do you want to buy a home? Because now your interest rate uh, is is going to be higher because you're responsible and somebody else isn't. Well, okay, I don't want to buy a home. I just want to go to work every day and come home and have a Bud Light. Well, now you have to look at a training on your Bud Light can because you didn't care. So no matter what, they're, they're going to infiltrate some sort of, of point in your life where you're going to start caring. So just now is the time to show up and vote. Uh, and because and these, are all, these are all decisions that can be changed by winning elections. Yeah. You know, If you live in commie cal- California, that's, it's even worse. You, you just reminded me because you talked about you know, the, the redistribution on the mortgage thing. But you know, California is also trying to pass the higher bracket of electric bill based on income. Yeah, not usage. SDG&E. Yeah, SDG&E I mean. <laughs> is trying to charge you more money if you have a better job or you make more money. They're going to take money from you to pay the bills and charge people that have lower incomes less money. Yeah, well, that's like the, the United States' entire tax system, right? I mean, the more money you make, the more you get taxed. Well, okay, let's just tax everybody the same amount, and there will be more incentive for more people to work hard. Oh, you must be a bigot. Well, I think this whole podcast <laughs> is probably labeled as all sorts of things, but uh, you know, oh, that's man. what happens when you start to define truth. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'd be amiss to not say before we close out that if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to uh, all of our platforms, really. Get on YouTube. You can watch this, or if you're listening on Apple and Spotify, Amazon, we're available all there. Hit that subscribe button. It's a great way to say that you support us. And if you feel like you want to support us because we're a nonprofit and we need that financial support as well, you can go to the website, sign up for the price of a cup of coffee a month or something, throw us some extra change like your tip, and it will help us continue to do this and get out there and fight in this sphere. Some people go and some people send. Think of it that way. So for the church, you got to start looking at your own country as a mission field because it is. So until next time, defining truth matters. We'll see you guys. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us, by the way. Thank you. Hopefully, we'll of see course. You soon. It was a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me.